Welcome to Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the challenges and opportunities facing the global food supply chain and speak with experts working to support a planet of plenty. I'm Tom Martin with Muzaffar Yusinov, joining us from the One Budapest event. Muzaffar, who holds an undergraduate degree in economics and a graduate degree in agricultural economics, leads account management at the IFCN Dairy Research Network, where dairy industry data is managed and analyzed. Thanks for joining us, Muzaffar. Yeah, great to be here, Tom. So uh, I know that you joined the IFCN Dairy Research Network in 2015 as a dairy economist. You've been analyzing, presenting, and collecting data from producers in the dairy sector in more than 100 countries. Today, you are managing sales and customer relations in the IFCN customer network of 140 agri-food companies, and you've identified five trends to keep an eye on right now. And those trends are our focus here. So let's look at them. Uh, first, how macroeconomic developments are applying pressure to the dairy industry. Can you elaborate on that for us? Sure, Tom. Thank you very much um, for listing these five uh, trends. So one of that is a macroeconomic trends, definitely, because after COVID, we have seen this high inflation is popping up in the countries where uh, GDP growth slowed down. And then uh, whenever this cheap money definition is somehow degraded in the developed countries. And that definitely impacted to the purchase power of people globally. And that was also main driver to bring up this farm gate milk price globally, where we have seen during this 2021 and 2022, and depends on the different countries, milk prices went up in the range of 30 to 60%. So yeah, it's a quite mixed picture we have seen. And on the other hand, we have seen that we have a shock situation in this in this uh, Russian war in Ukraine, which has also a significant impact to strategically think about the macroeconomic policies of the countries. And specifically, dairy industry is also part of it, as we are strongly globalized and integrated. In that case, it's quite important to adjust the strategies at the moment. You mentioned those uh, price increases, which were pretty significant. Inflation has been on the rise in much of the world. How has that impacted milk pricing? So milk pricing, if you look at this average IFCN farm gate milk price indicator, which is the weighted average of cheese and butter, uh, skim milk powder, whole milk powder, and whey, we used to have around 40 US dollar for 100 kilogram of milk before COVID, especially in 2017 to 2020s. And in 2020 onwards, the milk price went to the rise, mainly strong, driven by the demand. And then in 2022, middle of the year, we reached the peak where it's crossed this historically high peak, which is the 65 cents. And then since then, it has been declining because the purchase power simply didn't handle that high milk price. And depends on the country's location, of course, in the global trade, national farm gate milk prices are also with a particular time lag, it's also affecting to that. What does it mean? If you are trading a lot in the global market, it means that your national farm gate meat prices are also declining quicker. If you are not in this global trade, you may have this effect, this downgrading effect, maybe with this, maybe longer times so after eight to nine months. 
Well, how have high farm input costs affected farmers' mood and, and willingness to invest? Oh, indeed. After this shock situation, as we all know, this energy cost went up, fertilizer cost went up, and, and we had a supply chain disruptions. And those three aspects bring up this all this farm input costs high. And then we had also a short time, a period of the time in 2022, uh, milk production reduced in the majority of the net exporting countries. So definitely farmers get the shock and uh, high cost, and we have been measuring their margin uh, based on, in the past, only the feed costs. And since then, we started calculating their margin based on this energy and fertilizer cost, where we have that completely new picture to predict and to define the big production growth spots for them. And it's already clearly indicating, results already clearly indicating that farmers' margin is pressure under pressure, due to those high input costs, and whoever has a strong assets and managed well, um, they have got very good profit out of this last year, but majority of the small-scale farmer, especially, who is not managed well and efficiency levels are low, unfortunately, they are under pressure of losing the profit. Mm. So you've noted that the, the risk of food insecurity and unmet demand are due to declining affordability. Can you elaborate on that for us? Yeah, of course. Just in, for the audience, global perspective, at the moment, around 1 billion people living in this net exporting countries of the dairy and around 3 billion population living in this net importing areas. And about 4 billion population simply doesn't have a purchase power, so that they cannot afford buying dairy. So that's the definition of this unmet demand or basically unsatisfied dairy demand. And whenever we think about the future of, of net exporting countries, dairy production, we need to also think so, through that there might be somehow unintended consequences for those who cannot afford right now and those situations may get even worse. In other language, it's the poverty, it's the food security challenges of those developing countries. The fifth trend you've cited is a dairy industry focus on improved efficiency. Improving efficiency is always a challenge because there can be those unintended consequences that you mentioned. How is the dairy industry approaching that challenge? Efficiency is a very simple indicator for um, dairy sector is the milk yield per cow. If we keep this indicator as a source of this efficiency calculation. And on an average on earth right now, one cow is giving 2.5 tons of milk per year on an average. And we have a 113 million dairy farmer globally. And if you think that on an average dairy farm size is around three cows, which means having this backyard. But I cannot... I don't think that the U.S. audience will understand what is this having the three-cow farm, right? And how you can create this uh, increased efficiency there. So that strongly depends on what kind of farming system fits for that country. And um, based on that, you may think about the formula of improving the efficiency. So, for example, okay, you are living in this um, low-income country where you have two, three-cows uh, farming model. Because the, the, the average salary in the village is around 50 cents or 20 cents, 
in that case, it's better to have the scouse where because it provides nutrition for the family and a little bit income source for the family. And to increase the efficiencies there, definitely you need to first step is start with, because as long as you have small scale, you think over short term, right? Start with gaining efficiency in the feeding. As long as your income level is higher than five US dollars, for example, in Western countries, or 10 US dollars, then scale of economy matters and herd size needs to be bigger. If we look at only this open economic situations, of course, open market situations, in that case, you need to have, first of all, pure right genetics, and then comes to those uh, feeding systems. And on the top of that, of course, optimization, robotization on the, on the processes is extremely important. Because at the end, once you have this high income situation uh, in the neighborhood, you have definitely automatically will have an issue of this labor shortage. So, yeah, those are the steps. The efficiency um, uh, prescription is not always the same for everyone. That strongly depends on the farming system and that depends on the, the milk yield in the region. Well, at the outset, I said we were going to look at five trends. There is a sixth trend that I'd like to run by you, if I may, just to get your opinion of it. Uh, there, there's no denying the popularity of nut and plant-based milks, so-called, these days. There's been some controversy in recent years as to whether or not these products should be labeled as milk or as something else. The uh, U.S. Food and Drug Administration issued new guidelines just a couple of months ago that say that milk alternatives – whether it be oat milk, hemp milk, coconut milk, can in fact be called milk. Is this finding an issue for the industry? Tom, I can share my opinion on this, saying that yes, I think so. And then I think that conclusion is correct. And why we should call the, the liquid, which is not coming out from the, the mammals of animals or human, for example, soya milk. And I think, I'm not a legislator, but I think in Europe, it's already fixed. So legislation is already fixed that uh, soya cannot be labeled as a soya milk. It can be branded as a soya drinks. But in general, I think it's extremely important to put the right perspective in terms of towards the consumers, because we want to educate young generation, next generation towards the dairy, and 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 they need to have access for the, all the nutritional value of the dairies. And I think this is our responsibility, the current generation's responsibility to deliver that message to the next generation uh, without any any uh, disruptions. And that's the one of the one of the step I think that uh, what association is making decision right now. And I think we need to have this kind of a stronger uh, low-peace organizations where we can have uh, protection from dairy alternative campaigns because, as we heard a lot, they are very noisy and aggressive, which is fine. And we believe that the dairy alternative is always there and it will be there. But it's just a matter of propositioning or promoting the, the natural value of the dairy commodities towards this uh, next generation is extremely crucial factor. Also interesting, Muzaffar Yunusov leads account management at the IFCN Dairy Research Network. He joined us from Budapest. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to talk to you, Tom. This has been Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to Ag Future wherever you listen to podcasts. <music>